The following content may contain elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome to Corporate Quitter. I'm super excited about today's guest. Her name is Hannah Williams. She's the founder of STS or Salary Transparency. And Hannah and I, I want to say we go way back, but like it's so funny how in the creator world, everyone kind of knows each other, even if we don't know each yeah. other. You know what I no, mean? No, we so, do go way back. In like creator years, we're old ladies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Hannah and I, you know, connected a while ago, but we really got close, you know, August, I would say August, September of yeah. last year, right? We had our co-hosted show. We met in person. So we've all kind of, and my friend, like we all kind of blended together all yeah. of our friend groups and all the things we were doing. So I, you know, it, it's been really cool to watch STS grow from what it was with, with stocks and squats and all of that. And you've been in the news and people like just love what you're doing. And so it's such an honor to bring you on and also, you know, be the person to have helped you kind of jumpstart yeah. all this. So, Thank you know, you can you give us a little me. bit? Of, <laughs> I'm so yeah, excited. of course, of course. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I would love for you to paint the picture a little bit of how you got into this and also right. What is stocks and squats? Because people yeah. don't know that's where you started, which is such an integral part of your journey. Absolutely. So stocks and squats was my pre STS days. It's really how I started dipping my toe into content creation. So I think people think, you know, they see Sally Transparency and they're like, oh my God, like she went viral overnight and her life changed. And like, in a sense it did, but I had started creating content on stocks and squats like a couple months prior, like February, 2021. And the whole premise of it really was, I actually had created the account months before on Instagram, but I was like, I was posting nothing. I hadn't even created the TikTok yet. The whole premise was that I was going to talk about like my weight loss journey and how I like started paying off debt, you know, financial things. I did not, even though I, I thought that that was the vision that I wanted, I didn't have the voice for it. Like I couldn't mm -hmm. tap yep. into that voice. It just was not coming across naturally. I was like inspired about it for it one day and then not the next day. So I was like, I think this is great. I like this idea, but it's, this isn't, this isn't what I want to focus on. So I think I made like, I finally created my TikTok. I remember I created like one video about weight loss and it did like, okay. And I kind of got to, I, I got to get a sense of the different editing styles on TikTok, you know, because like TikTok is so different from Instagram. So it was like, oh, yeah, a whole it's intimidating in the beginning. Yeah. Like, oh people my gosh. are it's scary. I was literally like boomer to the max. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. was like, how what do I do? Like, I don't even know what to press. I had to go on Google. I had to watch like all these like tutorials. I felt like a grandma. But what I love about TikTok is like once you get it, you get it. You know, it, it's yep. a learning curve, but like you, the only way to get over that curve is to start creating content. And so I created like two or three videos still along the, the lines of, you know, weight loss and like finance stuff on TikTok. I finally dipped my toes in. And that was when I was like, okay, I get how to use these tools. I'm excited because I know how to like apply a sound. I know the trends. I'm on it. Let me try something else. And I think I made like another video about my career because I had broken into data analytics. I didn't think that that was exciting. I didn't think anybody wanted to hear about that. 
that video just immediately went well. And so I think that that like inspired me to talk about other things because people had questions. So it just became this like big snowball that was rolling down a hill and like I kept getting this momentum. And soon enough, I had like 50,000 followers within a matter of like two months, which on TikTok is like really good. And I, I didn't. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. it's like Instagram days where you, yes. you're lucky if you get like 500 followers. Oh my God, I don't like even a, have like 10,000 on Instagram to this day. <laughs> like It's ridiculous the comparison and so yeah like I I just kind of got a sense of TikTok and then once I had started creating content about my career stuff I had one video where I talked about I used to job hop and I made a video where I talked about every single salary that I had in all my five jobs that video went viral it was my first video that went viral over a million views nice comments bad comments you know it was a great mix but I was like wow, I've never gone viral before. I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't know that that was possible. And so the fact that people were so invested in my salaries and how much I made and people not believing me and like not believing that that was realistic was fascinating to me because I was like, I can show you my pay stub. I mean, I won't because it's the internet, but like, I need you to believe that this is real because I need you to see what you can achieve for yourself, you know? And so that really brought about this whole brought me back to being underpaid in my career a couple months ago. And I was like, okay, this is coming back. People want to talk about salaries. I found out I was underpaid because no one talks about them. Put two and two together. I need to talk about salaries. Started creating content about that. It kept getting like more momentum. And then that brought me to, I just need to get everyone to talk about this. And the only way I can do that is with street interviews, which I think Mm -hmm. I had seen a couple on the street at that point, like Sophie Barron um, from The Conversationalist. She does a show in New York City. She's like the sweetest human being. She was one of the first people that I met once we started STS and we went to New York and she was so welcoming. And like, I can't stress enough how when you're a new creator, it's so intimidating, even if you're like big you're kind of still, you you feel really small if you blow up overnight, you know, and that can feel lonely. Like people think that you have all all the answers because now you have a million followers. It's like, no, I'm like in my first year of doing this. So she was really welcoming, took, you know, gave me so many tips and tricks and talked to me. And so I just want to stress having that in your, I don't know, your friend group and having people to talk to as a creator. And also like, being that friend for other creators and that helping hand is so major. So yeah, I mean, then I just got to creating content with Salary Transparency and here we are. It's been a journey. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, well, the cool thing is the street interviews, like you said, wasn't a major thing. Like I saw some comedians doing it Mm -hmm. and on occasions like certain things, but it wasn't as mainstream as it is now, right? Like everyone and their mother do street interviews and it's like, it's almost at this point, like not exhausted, but now it's it's so exhausted. well, it's also a lot of it is not real, right? right. So you think like you, I know, because I've been with you on these walks <laughs> yeah, where you will literally <laughs> walk around with James for hours trying to find people to yeah. talk to you. Whereas I know I've had brands reach out to me who want to do partnerships and like, hey, can you do street interviews? Yeah. Again, I don't even do them. Can you do street interviews and like they plug like you. set it up so that people mm-hmm. like you pay people. Basically, yeah. it's all fabricated. And that's not that's bullshit. That completely that defeats the off. purpose of street interviews. Yeah. Like that kind of behavior. And that really just irks me because you're ruining it for everyone else by doing that. And like, I mean, I'm not going to act like I'm a saint or anything, you know, and that my account is so special, but 
we do important work. You know, we really do help people with our content. And so the idea that that kind of gets tarnished really irks me. Like there's a lot of accounts now that have totally copied our content, which, you know, I don't own the right to ask people how much they make on the street. It's not like a copyright claim, but it is frustrating when they don't do it with the same ethics and morality. And you can see that come Mm -hmm. across and like the, you know, people lying and people saying like, oh, that's cap, you know, like it's just frustrating because you're the whole point is transparency and now you're giving like unrealistic expectations when the whole point is like education and empowerment so I think a lot of people just see big views you know going viral and they just chase clout um Mm -hmm. but I think that that honestly speaks to the success of my channel and the fact that like I have built a fully sustainable business off of my street interviews because I led with my heart and I led with my morals. And I think that that has come across very clearly to our audience and also our brand partners who compensate us very well for it. So, yeah, well, as they say, you know, like vibe, like stands out from the rest. Yeah. Like, you, you know, immediately when things are like disgusting or salesy or like mm-hmm. not in the right place, both in person and digitally now, like you can sniff at bullshit a mile yeah. away. Like it's so easy now that if you do that, you're ba- basically you're digging yourself a ditch. Like Agreed. you're going to find fault at some point. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. You know, like you can do it for a couple of months, but I probably won't see you in three years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the great thing, I guess, about being someone who's innovative and starting something new is that like if you don't do like they can only survive if they copy you yeah if you're doing things (laughs) that they can't replicate or they try to and fail like that's again like again we'll see you in two years when you don't have the vibe you know the 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 why really you know honed in on at least you have a purpose behind what you're doing Mm -hmm. versus just chasing clout because also as we know like it's a bit different for me but I noticed my followers and the media stuff that I got it only got me so far you yeah. have to have a service or product or so, an offering yep. that actually helps people like yeah. if you don't it's like again it's famous fleeting it doesn't really matter absolutely oh my gosh there was like a three-month period where I kid you not like I had an, an interview with a major media organization almost every other day um and I was like I, I was really overwhelmed at the point because I was like, this is great. You know, I love doing these interviews. It's a great way to get my my name out, my, my company out, but I can't focus on the business. And so I was starting to wonder, you know, like, is this how it's always going to be? Like, how is this sustainable? I don't have yeah. any time. And now I've gone like two or three months without a major news interview. And, you know, I was just thinking about this the other day. I was like, whoa, did I fall off? No, like this kind of stuff and the work that we do goes in ebbs and flows. Like I'm not Kim Kardashian. Mm-hmm. I can't be headline news every single day and I shouldn't be. That's exhausting, you know, and it's also exhausting to your audience. You don't want to be that, I guess, popular because <laughs> it's it, it has a negative effect at a certain point. So, yeah, definitely. It's not something that is constant, but, you know, you grasp it and then you hope that you can build a business off of it. Okay, so you did stocks and squats and you found some movement in the career sector, right? Talking about your salary. And then I think Mm -hmm. it was you and James went locally in the DMV area and started asking people. So like, how did you go from that to like this? Because I I look at it now and you had a fancy logo and you got all the shit that makes you look (laughs) so legit. So like, and obviously it looks like an overnight success, but you know, what was the big moment Mm -hmm. for you? Obviously it was the viral video, but was there Mm -hmm. something that was like, oh, okay, this is actually a business versus a fun hobby. Like, oh, I don't have to go back to corporate. Yeah, you know, I I give myself so much (laughs) credit, honestly, because like I didn't, I didn't know that I was doing this at the time, but in retrospect, it was so smart. Um, I had the idea for Salary Transparent Street like a month before we did the first video, you know, and once we posted that Mm -hmm. video, it went viral overnight, life was never the same. 
I was so scared from that month that someone else was going to do the, the idea, you know, and I told I, every single day I would tell James, like, someone's going to do it today. Someone's going to have this idea, you know, and as soon as it's done, y- you're never going to be as successful as the first person who does it. Um, yeah. And so I was really nervous. But the whole point of waiting was I knew that going out on the street and asking this question has taboo you know there's a reason that people don't talk about this and so for me I wanted to make sure that when we did it people took us seriously and for me the way that I would take someone seriously is if I knew that they worked for like a company you know that they had Mm -hmm. some type of organization some type of mission not just some random student you know on the street asking me a question and so that's where the idea of getting the logo and getting the t-shirt came from so Funny enough, like everyone sees the logo and they love it. You know, they tell us it looks like Sesame Street. I love our original logo. It's like right behind me right here. Um, mm-hmm. I got it made for 25 bucks on Fiverr. Like really insane. Yep. I thought New did it or she no. did the rebrand. Um, Actually, another company did the rebrand. But like the original logo is from some random person that I contracted on Fiverr for 25 bucks. Um, oh, I told her hilarious. like very basic. I was like, can you make it look like a street sign? Like, can you have a dollar incorporated? And that's what it is. And it's so classic. It's so beautiful. And so I put that on the T-shirt. I had to wait for the T-shirt to come in the mail, which was that month long wait. As soon as we got that T-shirt, we went on the street and and sure enough, like when we were doing the interviews, people looked at the shirt, you know, and they were like, oh, yeah. like she's doing something. She's not just, you know, screwing around. And I think that that has from the get go helped establish us as like someone to take seriously. And that was part of our success. And so ever since, you know, we do the T-shirt, we have the branded mic. Um, but I think that that helped us a lot with you know claiming space and being taken seriously but from there you know like once we posted the video and it went viral that was big but the real kicker for me where I was like okay I can make a business out of this is overnight not did we just go viral we were getting media like so many big media organizations reaching out to us and like I don't want to I can't name like business names, but there were businesses like coming to talk to us about partnership and like having us create content for them and stuff almost within that first week. And so, you know, I I went to business school, you know, I love business. This kind of stuff really intrigues me. I'm very interested by it. And so when it was happening to me, I was like, this doesn't just happen, you know, when you kind of have one viral video. This happens when you have something special. And so yeah. that was when, I, you know, the gears started turning and I was like, how do I turn this into a business? And I was like, I can have a database. I can do brand partnerships. You know, I immediately saw all these possibilities down the road and I knew that they wouldn't happen overnight. I knew that it would take time. It would take a lot of sweat and tears and it did. But it was worth it. And so I really trusted my gut with that instinct. And I was right. Which I love that you mentioned that, which I know both of us being the witchy woo-woo people we are. (laughs) like That's like night and day. But it's right. I'm sure you were taught this in business school as well as just like traditionally in society, right? You have to abide by things as they're like, they're like, you know, checking boxes and doing things that are supposed to be done rationally. But sometimes it doesn't always work out. Like the rational stuff is great as like a secondary thing. But I feel like the gut feeling is like a no all be all. Like you just it's the it's it just clears up the confusion if there's any. Absolutely. And, you know, I talk about all the success and stuff with Salary Transparent Street. But sometimes I want to stress that I wasn't always, you know, that clearly aligned and like my gut telling me that this was the right thing. 
for almost like two years, my gut was constantly telling me, you're doing the wrong thing. You're not in the right place. You're not where you're supposed to be. You know, and it was, I called it my quarter midlife crisis because <laughs> I was like 24 to 25 years old. And actually it was how I came across your platform um, in like 2021, mid 2021 with the great resignation, you know, and everybody quitting. I came across your TikTok because <laughs> I think I was like crying at my desk because I hated my job, the same one that I found out I was underpaid at. Um, as a data analyst, I was like crying, wanted to quit so bad, but I didn't have a backup plan. And I think I, I just looked up quit talk because everyone was talking about quitting and I saw it on, in like an article. So I was like, let me look up quit talk on TikTok. And your video was the first one. And I watched it and you had just quit your job or were talking about it instant follow and I almost quit my job like that week because of oh, your God. video well, you know and like in retrospect I'm glad I didn't because I definitely didn't have a backup plan it was very much like hasty decisions that I knew mm -hmm. I couldn't do because I couldn't pay rent if I did that but it inspired me it really did it planted this seed in my head that I was like it's okay to want to quit maybe I'm not there yet where I can do so securely but that's mm -hmm. that's the plan. That's where I'm going. And you put things in motion for me to start looking for my way out. And, you know, I did find my way out. I got a better job. Still, my gut was telling me you're not where you're supposed to be. And like whenever I was quitting jobs, I would always tell them I'm looking for a place where I can have impact, where my work actually matters. And when I started Salary Transparency, even though I liked my job, I knew my gut was telling me you're in the wrong place. And so with Salary Transparency, the idea of my work having actual impact and that coming to fruition was staring me right in the face. And so my gut was like green light. Full, we're going straight ahead. Like we're chasing it. It's so interesting how quitting is seen as a bad thing when yeah. innately it's like a survival mechanism. Like if you think yeah. about it, like if we're, we're like an, we are animals in a sense. But so mm -hmm. if you think about regular animals, like they will change their actions and their behaviors based on their survival. Right. So mm -hmm. in this case, right, you would find a job or quit a job to, let's say, make more money to get more right a house, right? Shelter. Yeah. Right? That's one survival thing. But if it's killing you inside, that's you got to let go of the thing that's either like smothering you just as if you were to, you know, let go of things in nature, or, yeah. you know, whatever it is. So, yeah, it's interesting that a lot of people find success when they quit things because there's Absolutely. a difference between quitting and giving up I think I think so too and you know I'm I'm a very sensitive person like I you know witchy woo woo for, to the max but really like I do pick up on energy and when I'm around bad energy it harms me like my mental like my anxiety goes yeah. through the roof I get sick um like literally my body will start rejecting everything and that's how I was feeling in that moment and like the fight or flight was so real in that sense but that's where like I hate corporate America and like the chains of a job because like people shouldn't have to be in that position just to make ends meet I wish that mm -hmm. it was more possible for people to pursue their passions even if they're not lucrative you know because like doing things that you hate really does have a negative impact I think on your mental and physical health yeah I agree and that's I think the that's a bigger conversation to be had about like 
is it a corporation thing is it an america thing yeah. is it like like what's the the problem here and i don't really have the answer like you and i are on our yeah. like co-hosted show we've tried to figure <laughs> tried. out the answer but we it, it's not you know it, every person is different and also like not every country it, like there's pros and cons to everything both being an entrepreneur and not as well as like living in the u.s and living elsewhere mm-hmm. so you know who's to say one's better than the other but it's it's yeah, there's a bit a bit of despair sometimes for yeah. those who are like, I don't have special skills or I don't know what to do, but I know I can't do this and I don't know, yeah. I have no idea where to go. You know, it, I, I think about this all the time and I'm like, what do we, you know, how do we move forward? How do we fix this mm-hmm. problem? And the only thing I can really keep thinking time and time again is I feel like I wasn't ready to go to college in the sense that like I was a straight A student in high school. I like, don't get it twisted. I could do academics all day. But, you know, a lot of the time when I was in school, my parents were so strict on me about being a straight A student that I became less fixated on like learning and like finding my passion and really identifying what I cared about versus knowing how to pass a test. And so this idea of like you need to have good grades to have a good future, I feel like holds a lot of people back from finding out what they do want to pursue. And because I wasn't able to find that when I went to college, I feel like I wasted time and money being there because I the entire time I was in school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Even when I graduated, I still hadn't figured that out. And so I ended up in a terrible job that I hated because it was the only thing I could get, you know, and luckily I transitioned into data. But that still wasn't my passion my passion was entrepreneurship and I think that if I had you know like in Europe they kids don't get forced to go to school right away they take like a year or two off to travel the world you know do apprenticeships all these things I wish that we had a similar structure in the U.S. because if I had taken like a year off to like not stress about my path you know and like doing things by the book and doing the right thing like what's what's expected of me I probably would have figured out that entrepreneurship was what I wanted to do a lot earlier and I would have saved so much money <laughs> yeah I got my teaching degree and then didn't even go into teaching right like, it didn't even not happen. uncommon like so many people yeah. go to college and then don't end up using their degrees <laughs> yeah which sucks because like you get the job to pay off the degree right and like this is like a you're like a cat chasing your own tail but absolutely I want to like speaking on passions and entrepreneurship right entrepreneurship is like a general umbrella term for mm-hmm. like basically not being told what to do right that's kind of <laughs> yeah. and like not being capped on anything so like I'm wondering with considering that as well as like you know you creating you know you're doing street interviews and I know you've kind of blended things with doing stuff with the knot and all yeah. this stuff like how do you find motivation in creating like similar content over and over again? Like yeah. I know you get to travel and I know you get to like, you know, work with different professions. Like you get to interview people who do different things. Mm-hmm. But how do you stay motivated? Is it is it just like a natural inclination to try different things and meet new mm. people? Or is it a bigger thing? And, and have you thought about doing anything else? Yeah, that's a really great question because my content is really like every single day looks the same. It's it's an interview, you know, it's a different interview, but it's the same style. It's the same questions. It's the same structure. And I think I, I talked to you about this like a couple months yeah. ago about, yeah, like starting to kind of get not burnt out, but like tired <laughs> of my content. And, you know, everybody like my audience likes it. You know, they'd probably tell me like, don't do anything different. We like this. But I'm a very 
I have ADHD so bad. I mean, flat out. And I think that that translates to content creation for me. I can't do the same thing all the time. And like, I can continue doing the same thing if I like it, but I have to add other things in the mix. I have to try new things. And I think that that's a good thing. Um, If you just keep doing the same thing over and over again, you're going to get tired, but so will your audience at a certain point. Like they're going to, the content that you make is going to start losing its spark um, unless you start creating something new. And I really trusted that the vision that I used to create STS was, was successful. So I trusted the vision I had for other content. You know, I, I had a better sense of my audience and like what they wanted to see and what was getting views and what was getting comments, you know, engagement versus just people watching, you know. So it has been very difficult for me to explore other paths because I don't want to piss people off by not just talking about salaries, but it's so important for me to do so. Otherwise, like I just turn to mush and I, I lose all my inspiration. And once that inspiration's gone and creativity's gone, I have nothing. And so it's been really important for me to follow my instinct, um, despite everybody yelling in my ear about what I should be doing every single day. That's another thing, like in content creation, that I feel we don't get enough sympathy for. <laughs> oh my God. It, There's so much like yeah. fucking outside noise and outside noise. Un- like unsolicited fucking yes. opinion. Like, like, you don't know shit. <laughs> Shut imagine up. Imagine if in your nine to five, you have like, 30 people and I'm not I'm not exaggerating I'm talking like 30 people because that's comments messages that I get every single day of someone telling me what I should be doing or what I did wrong imagine if in your nine to five you had 30 different people telling you the same thing about your job every single day that's what it is to be a content creator and it can be really disheartening because like if you have an idea and someone tells you oh that was terrible you're gonna see that comment versus the 30 people that said they loved it you know so it, it is difficult but to answer your question I definitely trust my instinct I lean into it if something excites me if something inspires me I try not to get scared and I I do trial and error. You know, we've gone out and asked questions on the street that did not make the cut to our channel, but not asking was worse than trying. Um, And so I think that our content has done well. You know, we've tried the, the wedding questions. How much did your wedding cost? That did really well. We actually have a ton right now that we're working on and I won't tell what because I don't want to give it away (laughs) but I promise it's so good and I think that our audience is going to really enjoy it I do remember you were doing something on the side like really long time ago where you were interviewing generations yeah like one I forget what the fuck what the word was but it was so yeah slay (laughs) oh my god it was so funny because like the boomers were like oh (laughs) yeah and then like young people were like slay queen and it was just like hilarious to see the contrast that was so so brilliant yeah you, you you I have to say the spending time with you and James out in the DMV area was really cool to witness like your brains like <laughs> creatively working like Thanks. y'all your giant whiteboard and like all the things <laughs> yeah. you, you workshop and work out which is super cool and I remember just being like oh my god I need I need to like do the same thing it's yeah. been a while but it is hard to continually do the same exact thing especially when it's having success right because yeah. they usually say when things are successful there's no reason to pivot but if you're not enjoying it that to me actually kind of leans into another question I want to ask Mm -hmm. which is like do you think you're successful because 
hate on that paper question. right you got the money you know the money and the followers and all yeah. that and the clout and I think to the outside it always looks spectacular like there's the grass is always greener mm-hmm. and like you know whatever it is but when you think about what goes on behind the scenes we have no we have actually no idea what's going on yeah you know and that's such a it's such a good question because it's I would say I would be doing myself a disservice to externally you know if I if I was like outside of my body right now I would say I am successful um you know (laughs) I have been mentioned in over like 30 major media publications which you know sometimes I'm like but I I didn't get mentioned in this one you know it's Mm -hmm. so easy to focus on the butts you know like I feel successful but I'm not verified on TikTok yet um I feel successful but I don't have a million followers on Instagram yet you know but if you focus on the butts you're never going to really get that satisfaction that you crave. And I think that part of being really driven on my sense is never being satisfied. And so it is very difficult to feel like I've made it. But I would say I I have. I think I've succeeded. Um, I mean, I (laughs) sometimes I'm like, am I making more money than I was before? Because like after I did my taxes, I did not make as much money as I had I had hoped I would. But you know, it's the difference between getting a salary and owning a business. It's a totally different beast. And so mm-hmm. I try not to kick myself because I'm like, my business made this much. You know, maybe I, I'm not a millionaire yet, but my business is. And that's all me. Like that's my name. That's my baby. It's my product. I've created something that Maybe I'm not where I see myself in terms of if I could see myself being successful. I'm not there yet, but I will be. And so I think that is being successful. Um, The biggest thing for me is just happiness. I think that if you're happy, you're successful because that's what we all seek. You know, money doesn't buy happiness. Money doesn't buy people in your circle that you can trust and that you love and that love you and respect you. I have all of that. You know, if I lost everything today, I'd still have the people around me. I'd still have a great life and the experiences that I went through. So I would I would definitely say I'm successful, but I have many goals that I still hope to achieve. It's interesting, though, because as ambitious people, like part of the reason we left corporate is because we weren't being challenged enough. And obviously there's money and things like that. So when you enter entrepreneurship, you're like, this is the challenge that I didn't know I was accepting, but I'm here for the ride. So fuck it. It's and we were just talking about this actually before we started that one of my biggest challenges is being self-accountable. You know, when you're an entrepreneur, you don't have a manager telling you to set a quarterly goal, you know, and you don't have that carrot kind of dangling in front of you you have to create that carrot you have to build the stick that you put above you you know to chase the carrot you have to envision it and it's tough when you don't have that accountability so doing it by yourself is very difficult but that's where you know people come in again having a great team and just having people that support you it's so so important so the biggest struggle for you is specifically accountability. Is there anything else that's kind of, <laughs> or maybe things that you experienced in the beginning that you're able to overcome? Like was, yeah. I wonder, was, I know you were nervous about fo- like actually doing video content because mm-hmm. the, con- the concept of like learning a new skill is really, you know, scary. Mm-hmm. But was there anything around like being seen or being vocal yeah. or like any anything? I know you said your voice, but is there anything more? Because I know a yeah. lot of people are, they're intimidated by the technology, but they're also intimidated by like being themselves or being seen Mm -hmm. in a new light in addition to possibly having success. Like people actually undermine their own success because of the fear of success. I think I have 
so many fears um I should be like in that movie Bo is Afraid like I have a fear of everything (laughs) um and so there have been a lot of challenges a lot of struggles every single day is a struggle self-accountability is definitely a big one but also like not knowing what you don't know and Mm -hmm. being kind of like confident in not knowing is so difficult because I'm you know straight A student like I would never raise my hand in class because I was too scared you know to be wrong and that is just you have to let that go out the door when you become a content creator and when you become an entrepreneur because like if you don't admit that you don't know something you're never gonna get the answer like no one's gonna help you and so and the best help you get is from people that you're honest with that you tell them I don't understand like can you help me that's when you get help and so that's been a struggle for me also like I just became a creator overnight I didn't have my 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 friend pool of creators is still very small even with our blended group it's still very tiny and so even though you know people from the outside would probably look at me and be like she's a big creator I don't have big creator friends, you know, so tapping that pool for advice is also difficult and it can kind of feel like you're going it, you're going by it alone. Um, I have other things. I mean, from like a personal viewpoint, the Internet is so cruel as well. Like, yeah, that has been probably one of the, my biggest struggles for a while there. Like, I literally wouldn't put myself in the videos. Like, I would tell our editor to, like, crop me out and zoom the other person in because I just didn't like getting comments about my opinion or my, my appearance or anything on the internet. Like, also because my content's not about that. You know, I'm not yeah, modeling exactly. a bikini. <laughs> I'm not selling you jeans. So don't comment on my body. Like, I didn't ask you, you know, but I can make a comment on yours if you'd like me to. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know how it is, too. Like, it's the tr- the keyboard warriors who have nothing else going on that like mm-hmm. to comment on things like that. But it's, I don't know, where, I, like, it beats the fuck out of me because I feel like <laughs> My parents taught me if you don't have anything nice to say, don't mm-hmm. say it all, at all. And oh, that doesn't apply I, to the no internet. one fucking applies to that. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I do, I don't know what happened. Yeah, it's tough. And like, like I mentioned, I'm I'm very sensitive, you know. And so, but I'm also, you know, I'm a Sagittarius. I'm very headstrong, you know. Like I won't let you see me hurting. But like, it is hard to kind of get over it and be like. People are going to say what they want, you know, whatever, move on. Like when I tell James, like, this guy said something about this, you know, he's like, it doesn't matter. Like, what does his opinion matter? And I'm like, you're right, but it still does ding you and it dings my energy. And so it's really hard to like, you got to pick and choose when you're on the Internet. Like I literally have tried to make a rule. Sometimes I don't abide by it, but I try to make a rule that I don't check my phone first thing in the morning and I don't check it at least comments morning or night because like if I do I'm gonna hurt my I'm gonna hurt my my feelings you know I'm gonna see something that pisses me off and that's not a good way to start or end your day you have to like be very strategic yeah and kind of wait till the caffeine's in right high and you feel good and you're like okay we can manage (laughs) this because it is it is it can get really dark especially like as you go through those dark periods you don't want to add more darkness to something that's already there it can get ugly yeah yeah exactly so on that note, just like we're going to be wrapping it up soon, is there anything else, any word of advice or any kind of final thoughts you wanted to share with everyone? I mean, you know, if I could hear anything when I was struggling, you know, when I was not sure what I wanted to do, when I had that gut instinct that I was in the wrong place, if I could go back and tell myself anything then, I would just say keep trying. You know, it's it can be really difficult and annoying and feels like the road will never end you know when you're in a bad place and you're trying to figure it out 
But like, I promise you, it sounds so cliche. There's always a light at the end of the tunnel. But if you give up on trying to find it and trying to find your way out of that darkness, you're not going to find the light at the end of the tunnel. So there's like beauty in trying and failing because at least it's an answer. You know, failure is no. (laughs) Failure is that didn't work. Try something else. It's so much more it's easier to grasp that than it is to have this kind of like ambivalence and like maybe this will work, you know. So back then, you know, I had so many ideas of things that I wanted to try and even content that I wanted to create, but I never saw myself as a creator. I I didn't think I could do it. Once I started, I fell in love with it, you know, and I think that it says a lot to put yourself in a place where you're uncomfortable, but you have to put yourself in those uncomfortable positions to really figure out what you want to do. And so if you're in a position where you feel stuck, you feel lost, that's an awesome position to be in because now you have so much opportunity to try new things, you know? And so I, if I could go back, I would see that as kind of a really cool opportunity to explore, um, like an adventure, you know, try different things, try talking to different people, do exploration about different careers, start creating content. And also like, the first content that I created was not what I'm doing full time now, you know, so if you're creating something and it doesn't, you know, click right away, don't lose hope like you have to just continue to create it to find what that niche is. So many people all the time, like the number one question I get in the content creation space is like, how do I find my niche? How do I find my niche? There's literally no I don't I don't have no like formula. there's no formula. You just I've tried to, to do it too. And yeah. I, I can't. <laughs> there's no formula. There's no plan there's no secret ingredient you just have to create content about things that you like try a bunch of everything you know and back then I was creating like three videos a day which I would not recommend to anybody but it did help me very quickly learn what worked what people wanted to hear from me what I was comfortable talking about and you know what was getting views and engagement but if I hadn't took the risk I would probably still be a data analyst working my nine to five and hating my life. So, Mm -hmm. you know, just take a chance, trust yourself and trust your gut. That's what I would yeah, say. It is a journey. Yeah. I, I, so Corporate Quarter, I think, was my fourth content creation idea. <laughs> there you Started go. with plants, which is fucking hilarious. I suck at plants. But <laughs> like, and even now, like, I'm going through another metamorphosis where I don't mm-hmm. know what the future of CQ slash always over sharing slash mm-hmm. who the fuck knows what else is going to happen. But it's gonna lead to something it has to right if you have success in one thing it's probably you just take that experience and you use it for something else yeah or one would hope no I mean all you can do is keep trying right like if you let that burn out and the lack of like inspiration plow you over without finding your next thing or trying something else like (laughs) you're gonna be stuck so it's it's a beautiful place to be yeah yeah I agree although sometimes I'm like Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> it, is, it is what it is. Um, I feel we'll that. We'll get through it. It's I okay. Get I just that on my forehead. Just like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> my next tattoo. <laughs> so can you where where can people find you yes. obviously like it's e- right you have like a very unique name but tell every all the places you want people to seek you out yeah on. um we're at salary transparent street basically if you type in salary you'll see a green name that's us <laughs> don't type out the whole thing we're on tiktok instagram youtube facebook linkedin twitter basically if you don't have it we're on it somewhere else um follow us there we post daily videos interviews people with people asking them what they do for a living and how much they make we also have an anonymous salary database on our website so if you want to go check that out you can submit your salary or view a ton of different salaries and yeah if you need anything you know where to find me 
thanks. <laughs> yeah, the the newsletter is also awesome. I will yes, say I'm a and, subscriber oh for that. I have so and many the facelift it got. Oh my god! And I use it on Tuesdays. So Girl, like, yes, it's so I love it. It's so gorgeous. Good. Like chef's kiss. I'm like, why did yeah. I? Why did I make myself struggle for so long? That team saved my life. Yes, our newsletter. You can also subscribe on our website. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all the deets and kind of the background behind STS, which I know most people don't talk about. So thank you again. (laughs) Thank you for having me, Gabby. You're the best.